we believe that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him, raise a presence of God in such a way that he cannot, he cannot touch you because your standard comes up. Whatever you do, we're not going to, we're not going to fall down to the pressure of the wind and the waves, but we're going to stand up and say, I'm going to raise my climate of prayer. I'm going to raise the atmosphere of my faith. It doesn't matter what's flooding in this world. It can't stop me because I have standards of the goodness of God. I have the standards of God that is operating and believing God that I can do all things through Christ because I'm not swept away and I'm I'm prepared by God that God has come God remembers you God remembers me and he's established us on his ground and I believe for such an anointing as we got to hear again this past week about the anointing on Jehu so covered so saturated that he destroyed uh, Jezebel in the sense of where he believed and had the things turned against her that could not turn against her before, but turned against her now. And I believe if we would just press in, that the things that used to turn us down and leave us completely immobilized spiritually, I believe that God is going to use our children to establish and break those curses break those strongholds, break those things in such a way that it's going to impart a passion and a power. I want you just to begin to pray. We are going to operate just a little bit different. Don, if you'll move to soaking and ladies, y'all can go ahead and rest your bodies and, and, and we're going to just, we're going to just pray and receive from heaven. I want to do something just a, a little bit different in the sense that we were there and we were praying and we were believing God over our church family and our church body in this climate of, of so many people and so many worshipers. And man, I, could just, I just want you just to soak in, in the saturation part of God as he just takes over your mind. I want you to know that your feet are important to God. Your steps have been ordered. He said, I, I just want to consume. It's the first day of July. We're seven months into this year. We're the number of completion. Ha <laughs> ha. By now, God, I should be somewhere close to what I talked about in January. By now. I'm looking at things physically that don't look like they should have looked by now. I thought I would be closer. In Jesus' name, you are closer. In the name of Jesus, spiritually, you are saturated with the power of God. And we are going to go further than we've ever gone before. This night, this year, this is our time to believe God. So I want you just to be consumed with spiritual power. Spiritual power in such a way that you know that you call those things that be not as though they are. That you call them right now, begin to call things that be not as though they are. Father, my loved ones, be not saved, but not my will, but your will be done. 
I call them born again. Father, my body be not healed, but I call it by your stripes, I'm healed. Greater than the independence of this country is the independence from sin and the independence from sickness and the independence from darkness. And Lord, we just put the two together and say, if I'm going to walk in a freedom country, I'm going to walk free from sin, death, and hell. And so will my children. Lord, we stretch out our arms. We ask you, Lord Jesus, saturate us. Saturate us with an oil. Saturate us with an oil of gladness. Saturate me, Lord Jesus, in a place where I'm not just motivated, but I'm making decisions toward being committed to you in every way, shape, form, or fashion. I don't want to just get excited and then go be deflated. But this is my time, and I'm not just living this life just for me. I want it to be for your glory. Lord, I show what you want me to show, and I see what you would have me to see. So I lower myself as you did. As we learn to lower ourselves before God, he has got an absolute presence. I pray the strength of God. It is time for us to separate completely from the world. So there will be a distinct a distinction between, between the lost and the saved. People are looking for light. No more mixture. No more mingling. God, we want to separate out and be completely where the world can see what godliness actually looks like and what the will of God and the purpose of God actually looks like when you are in complete control. Now, Father, we just thank you. I thank you. I pray for each and every person here to just be consumed to hear, consumed to believe, consumed to, to just breathe out the very things of God. Our children will hang on to what they've received and not only just hang on to it but live on to it and live in such a powerful way that you're energizing the entire ministry you're going to give us words of wisdom we receive those you're going to give us spiritual authority that we've already taken we're going to walk in that authority you know and, and, and it's just being a place of just power and restoration like we've never seen before so I thank you, Lord Jesus. We've, we've returned. We've come back. Come back for the blessings of God. No matter what the enemy tries to do, no matter what sickness or fatigue, this is the time where I look and say, my God is still in control. He's in control of the out of control. And Lord, we receive miracles. We receive it right now. Things that were impossible impossible that we looked doors and were shut but we lowering ourselves down to go up we must go down and right now we go down so i want to bless you in that presence right now that god is going to use you and bring you out of fear bring you out of doubts and bring you out of unbelief 
that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. I pray over you to be able to make discernible decisions that are not just good ones, but God ones. I pray for your mind to be uh, untangled, that you'll be able to have a complete flow of the very mind of Christ, that everything that you say, everything that you do, will be completely aligned with God. No more second guessing. No more wondering, God, you know, am I missing you? And no more misunderstanding of the purpose of God, that you'll know the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of another you will not listen to. Now, Father, we just speak healing over our family. We speak healing over our loved ones. We speak healing over ourselves and over our minds. Now, Lord, that we come out of any form of feeling just like overwhelmed and feeling like we have no answers. We rest right in your presence where you've called us to be obedient to you in every shape, form, and fashion. This world does not control us. You put us in this world, but we're not of this world. You've given us the very right to believe and hear from you. And we thank you for it. We thank you. I thank you for each and every person here having ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. And we bless you with that, Lord Jesus, that you and you alone will get our ear. I thank you, Lord God, for removing things we've had trouble getting rid of. I thank you, Lord, for this new completion in this month that we'll begin to have that completion within us. And we know that we know that the Spirit of God is greater than the spirit of the enemy. We come against all wickedness and demons and demonic power that they may know that our God is faithful. Father, I lift up my friend Maria Bosco's family as she passed away from cancer. We just pray healing and peace over her children, over her husband. And I just thank you, Lord Jesus, that you, Lord, are getting the glory. And as you are bringing them together, whatever may have been going on in their lives, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are manifesting yourself in a great and a powerful way. And Lord, if any, anyone that would come close, I thank you, Lord Jesus, they come up and come forward in that family to know you and bless you. We're going to honor you in all that they say and all that they do at that funeral and that procession and that you're going to bring forth the peace of God. And I thank you, Jesus. If there's any sick among us in this place, I pray healing over their bodies. I come against any form of colds, any form of symptoms, coughing, sneezing, mold, whatever. We just call them healed in the name of Jesus. Loved ones and friends who are under stress, we pray financial breakthrough, financial healing, financial abundance, Lord Jesus, and over things that are trying to cause stress and fear. I thank you, Lord God, for freedom from those things. And we'll have the mind of Christ. I pray over people's skin as I'm seeing that their skin irritation. I thank you that your skin is cleared and healed in the name of Jesus, that God has set you free and, and blessed your body. And I thank God that people who are here that may have been sore in any form, back, knees, I just thank the healing of God is here for you just to receive that. And Lord, we just take that and we run with it and we believe that it is blessed and done. Now we thank you according to Daniel 10, 12, that you've come for our words. And we thank you, Lord God, that you hear us when we pray. 
we believe that it's done. This is a congregation that is saturated for the presence of God, that are throwing down the Jezebels and throwing down the wickedness and throwing down the thing when the devil thought he had won and he knows we were preparing to go up like never before. And Lord, we just bless you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Uh, if you're not sitting, sit. Um, and we're going to turn some lights on. Repeat. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, even hanging around this whole uh, thing of, of being lowered and uh, when, when our friends are struggling in their faith, we should be walking close enough to God to where they can see our faith and God can see our faith for them. So today we want to talk about being down and up at the same time. So uh, we rise to our highest when we live great at our lowest. In Ephesians uh, 4, 7 through 13, this is a new living translation. It says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to get to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God, God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for your purpose. Thank you for your will. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are a blessing this time, that it be your words, not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, so it's how we live down, you know, when things are not going our way, which will determine that ascension of how we go up. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it's in those lowest places that we receive the greatest of heights. Because I can learn to be blessed there. I can learn to accept the blessings that is coming from God. So God has given us gifts, each and every person. He says, give each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. So when, you know, you think like, man, you know, I don't have a gift. I'm not anointing it. Yes, you do. Because God is that generous. He gave everyone a gift. It's there. You have it. It is a gift. Now, you got two things. The spirit is on you. And you have a gift by the generosity of Christ. He said, I poured out my spirit on all flesh, Joel 2.28. And now I'm saying to you, you have a gift to go with the spirit that's poured upon you. God has given us gifts so that we can build up the church along with our salvation. Right? And it says exercise to complete your salvation, to walk in salvation. Don't let things uh, stop you from walking in the gift that you have. So when we were, so when we are lowered before God in our life, there's a miracle about to happen. Think about that. It's a miracle about to happen. I've been lowered. This man who was lowered before God, this friends lowered him. There are times that we no longer have to be carried by our friends, but our faith sometimes lowers us before God. 
Our belief lowers us before God and puts us in front of him. And, and just because we're in a lower place doesn't mean we're not in the highest place because we're with Christ. And as long as we stay with Jesus, he's going to bring us out. He's going to bring us better. There are sometimes we sit high, crippled. We sit high and we're paralyzed. But once we can get in that place where we lower ourselves, if that place is lowering yourself in prayer, this is why prayer is so important daily because God wants you to reach new heights every day. It says his mercies are new every morning. He's trying to raise us up every morning, but we have to go down before we go up. And God is, is bringing us to that place. So there's a place in life that has its ups without its down. Everybody can say amen to that, right? Oh, your marriage is great. Yeah, but we've had some downs too. You know what I mean? Uh, your kids are wonderful. <laughs> yeah, today, you know, and, and some of those things is that we are so busy trying to live in this place of being up, 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 up. we got to understand sometimes coming down gets us higher than where we should be. That up is not, where you, is not your uh, end result. There's a higher up in there. And sometimes you have to go gather yourself and go up a little bit higher. You know, new level, new devil, keep going up and all those blessings will come in there. So and God is saying, I I want you higher than this. I want you at a greater place in this. I want you better than what you were last year, better than your circumstances, better than your situation. There are things that we can have can be a hindrance to us. And this is where the hoarding comes in, where we may not hoard things physically, but we can hoard things mentally and emotionally. Seeing the hoarders when they walk into those places. Have you ever go like, how can they keep so much stuff? And then you walk through your own place and you go, look like a little museum in here too, you know? How can I keep so much stuff? And then you look in your mind, how can I keep so much stuff? So it's kind of invested. And so God is wanting you to know that there's a clearing out space. So every down is connected to someone around us. Every moment that we're down is a connection to someone that is around us. Someone is, is carrying us. Someone is, is placing us. Some of us can even go back and remember prayer. Somebody was praying for you. You didn't even know they were anywhere near you. Someone was encouraging you. Someone was believing God of you. Uh, and the way we respond to being down determines how we bring up with us or what, who we bring up with us when we ascend. Now, it says that Jesus it says, notice he ascended, but it said he also descended. And when he came out of the ground, he led people free. So obviously he did good in the ground, right? He didn't give up because he was down. He didn't give up because he was below. When he came out of the ground because of the way he operated below, he came up. Same way with Joseph. When Joseph was in prison, he operated well in his prison. When he came out, he led an entire nation. Right? It ain't the down that's the problem. Remember, the, the storm's going to hit both houses. One's built on a rock, one's built on the sand. The one's built on the rock knows how to respond to a storm. And then it comes out. <laughs> and, and even in my, my, my freak out moment in, in Denver, I guess I haven't been here since then, right? Uh, le- learning that there were tornadoes that we were flying into, which they, nobody shared with me till I landed. They didn't share that with me. Nobody told me that the reason why he had to circle the runway for 15 minutes, he was dodging tornado. I had no idea on the plane. I was just listening to sermons on the plane. 
And I thought, and I know, I know some of y'all are going to give me the look, because y'all always give me the look. Thought, they'd have died, at least they'd have found in my ear. I was listening to a message. I knew I went on from one sermon to the next sermon. I know, I know, I know. I know some of y'all are like, don't talk like that. I know, I get it, I get it. And it was circling. So when we land, the lady that had scheduled me to speak there, and immediately when I turned on my phone, yo, ah, text message. Tori, just checking on you, see if you made it okay. And I go, yeah, I made it. Yeah, no big deal. It was just a flight. She goes, yeah, well, you know, because of all the tornadoes. I was like, what? There was tornadoes? I freaked out, like, well, how are we going to land? We were on the ground now. How, well, this is scary. What are we going to do? You're on the ground. And then I panicked. I walked through the airport panicking about crashing in the plane I was out of. Right? It was just, it was crazy. I was like, and I'm walking, I got to the car, this driver, he's there, and he's going like, hey, Mr. Gannon, how you doing? It's good to see you. Man, we're going to die. Like, it's, it's a plane. He goes, you about to get back on there? Because I'm, I'm here to pick you up. Right? And, and sometimes we don't ever just get past what God brought us through. And we tend to keep waiting for something to go wrong, waiting for something bad to happen. And Jesus said, dude, you've landed. Like, it was so fun. Then I laughed at myself. And then I jogged on the IHOP from my hotel and got some to eat. And, and I thought, like, how many people do that? Waiting. Nothing good ever happens to me. You know, I know we made it through the tornadoes, but they're going to hit. And you know what I noticed then on the way back to the airport the next day or a couple days later? All the tornado warning signs on the way to the airport. Didn't see those beforehand. Now, I'm alarmed to them. Jesus said, I'm going to live so awesome in the grave that when I come out, I'm going to bring the grave out with me. Right? You got to live so good when things go good and when things go wrong. Because when things go good, ain't nobody really going to follow you because sometimes they're jealous of you. But when you can come out of the things that are bad, good, then they're going to say, oh, I need some of that. Give me some of that. Give me some of that stuff that they got on them. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 through 15, just a little snip, snapshot of how Jesus lived in the grave. I'm the king of kingdom, Lord of lords. We're crucifying you. <laughs> All right? He spread it out, his gospel. I'm here for the Lord's work. Now, now I, what I'm waiting for, and I'm just going to tell you in repentance, I'm waiting for one of you to start fanning that you're hot. That's exactly what I'm looking for. I know, no, I know you, and you, you and I don't count. Now you got to stop that. But I'm waiting for the audience. So that's why I'm kind of moving a little bit more than usual. I'm, I want to bring some heat, which, by the way, y'all are such a loving church. Because um, my lack of water drinking, when I was standing out there and sweat was gushing off my head, and some of y'all was hugging me politely, you could see it. People were like, are you going to be okay? And the worst thing you can get a ball man is tissue. And y'all brought me a bunch of tissues, which was left all sprinkled over my head like a little snowstorm. I, I just thought I'd share this. It's just very random. Okay, Colossians 2, 13 through 15. How Jesus lived in a grave, which is how we should live in a grave. You were made dead. You were once dead uh, because of your failures and your uncircumcised corrupt nature. But God made you alive with Christ when he forgave all our failures. Right, and you got to know that see, people believe their sins are forgiven, but they don't believe their failures are forgiven. Right, and it's different. Oh, well, I know I have no sins against me, but neither are your failures. Your failures have been forgiven. Quit waiting for something to go wrong. 
your failures have been forgiven. I, I've been forgiven. Now, people may not forgive your failures, but God has, so you may as well. At least two of you, you should be in agreement with God. And the reason why people don't forgive your failures because they got to have one up on you. Even though that makes them one less. Because their inability to forgive. He did this by erasing the charges that were brought against us by the written laws God has established. He took the charges away by nailing them to the cross. He stripped the rulers and authorities of their power and made a public spectacle of them as he celebrated his victory in Christ. In other words, my life with Jesus should never be hidden. I should be a walking poster for the love of God. I should be a walking poster for the power of God. I should be a walking poster for the respect of God and the presence of God and the authority of God. And as I was preparing this, this, this uh, one, one kid that I had met two years ago, uh, she graduated from Pflugerville High School. Her name was Alex. Alex is a born-again believer. In fact, Alex came out of the stand at the conference. I know God is telling me to say this to you. And she began to speak the word of God over me. And when she ran into some issues, she called me Monday. She goes, look, Tori, I got to tell you about this. My, I, I, my parents want me to go to college. I don't see any use in going to college. I, I, I want to go and do something else. I don't even know if I'm supposed to go to college. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't even know what I'm majoring in. And I, and I told her, I said, well, and she goes, my parents really don't follow that closely to God. And I really want to lead them. I said, you know what? You got a great opportunity to do so. Honor thy mother and thy father. Pray to God and he'll tell you what you need to study. And that way you can get a degree in what God has called you to be. But right now, the will of God is for you to honor them. They're paying. <laughs> Go get it. Not only that, now when you go back and show your honor to them, that's going to help them. You'll pull them. When you come out of this grave, it's going to bring lead them out of their captivity. But now when you spit in your spiritual against their authority, they're going to be able to hear you. And no matter how close you want them to get to God, you need to respond to them. Be a person under authority. She goes, I never saw it that way. Most teenagers... Don't see it that way. I said, but they're going to they're gonna show you the love of God and respect of God for it. So the first thing we have to notice is that Jesus lived holy publicly. He went down there going, well, God knows my heart. He lived right in front of them publicly. In order to deliver people publicly, you have to live holy publicly. That's where the deliverance is. I want to be a public deliverer. He says, okay, down here, while I'm down, I'm going to publicly obey God. I'm going to take the keys of death, hell, and the grave. I'm going to make a show of them openly. I'm going to live publicly. Jesus responded to being in the grave by taking the keys of death and death from Satan. Therefore, he gained power in the lower place to set many free in his high place. See, a lot of times the folks are going like, how are you going to take me up when you don't understand my down? And the Bible says he became sin for us. He was tempted in every mannerism. He's tempted to all sin. Imagine on that cross, every disease ever going to be created. He had it. Every sickness, every abuse, every mental, everything was on the cross. They nailed this meat. Not only that, they beat him out physically, but then internally he was gone with everything we had. And he says, this is the low place. Oh, by the way, I, I finished God. I finish. It's okay to finish in your low spots, in your lower points. 
So stop saying all the things you will do when you get out of your situation and start living who you are in the midst of your low season. Well, when I get out, I'm going to be like, uh-uh, no, right now. See, because somebody needs to come out with you. God, you're here so you can bring somebody out. No one else will get low enough to get this person out. And just like Jesus had to stoop for the woman caught in the act of adultery, sometimes you're in a stooping place to get someone out of a stupid place so you can take each other out. Now, I have a friend of mine that, that fell away from ministry 15 years ago, 16 years ago, a long time ago, and got divorced from his wife and and, he, and, and I had no idea. I had no idea until three months ago. I completely forgot about the guy. And you might have remembered because he remembers all of our youth folks. I had no idea. So when he writes me, he goes, brother, please forgive me if I've wronged you. Did you do something recently? Because I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know, 16 years ago. I have no idea what you're talking about. Man, I was holding my pastor 16 years ago, and she was dying. I go, well, brother, I just need you to, I need your forgiveness. No, you don't, because I'm not mad at you. But he asked, it was like the cable guy. So I go, okay, well, you're forgiven. And he go, you, you, am I forgiven? Yes, you're forgiven. Brother, if I've offended you, and it, I, so I just stopped responding. Because I'm thinking, well, when can we get together? I'm out of town. And, and, and I'd say, okay, well, I'll be gone for the rest of this week. And he would write me the next day. When do you think we'll be? And so bad I want to go, Larry, the cable guy, listen, we're never going to be me. But I did. I just hung in there, and I just told him, dude, you've never, you're forgiven with me. Whatever you think you did, I never knew you did anything wrong. I never followed you. I followed Jesus. And whatever you did wrong, it's, I'm good. You, you did not affect me. I was not angry. I didn't, I mean, we had to go, we had to move forward. We didn't have time for anger with other people. And, and just explain it to him. And I was like, why is it so hard for you to accept that? Why do you need an adversary? Do, I mean, like, why? and I noticed that with people, like, it's when something goes wrong, they go, okay, I must be messed up. No, there's a bad world. There's a messed up world that tries to keep you pulled down. And you got to know that you're forgiven. You got to know that first thing. Because that's what Jesus did with the man when they put him in front of him. Your sins are forgiven. You've been stuck here. You've been paralyzed. You won't say anything because your sins are forgiven. And I love he, he was telling me, he goes, man, you know, brother, when I left, and that Christian sounds a lot like bikers. A brother, when I fell away from the Lord, I became cold. Because the Bible says you're either hot or you're cold. I go, you weren't cold. I said, because the fire of God was always in you. So all you could be was lukewarm. So until you came back to God, you were just spit out. There's never a place where you become cold. I said, that's what was burning in you. And so he told me, he says, you know, the thing that stuck with me that, that would wake me up in the middle of the night and would irritate me even when I tried to do drugs was you said, don't quit. You know, how many times have I probably said that, especially over 16 years, I've said that a billion times. And I think our smallest obedience will make the lastest and lasting impression. You know what I mean? 
Some of us trying to dig deep to get a Greek word. We just need to do the word right now. Just something simple. Good morning may send somebody right into the throne room of God. Right? <laughs> well, what does the Bible say about birds flying together? Well, they may be related. I don't know. It's south for the winter. But what you do, don't start praying out of your situation and talk about what you're going to do when you get better. Start doing better where you are. Do your best days now, right? The, best, the rest of your life can be the best of your life. In John chapter 10, verse 14 through 18. Okay, so we get in Jesus, talk about being Lord. We talk about Jesus here. He's given us all these gifts. He led people captives free by the way he lived in the low places. That's why some people who may have all the credentials but can't reach their own family. They may be all degreed up in psychology but have no psychological influence on their own family because they're too busy being up and don't know how to go down to create a communication, right? And so they're, they're way up there, but they're way up there alone. This doesn't do us any good to establish a high place without God's place. So Jesus comes back and he says, I am the good shepherd and and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the father knoweth me, even so know I the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep and the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doeth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father to lay it down, to take it up, to take it up, to lay it down. There are times that God asks asks us to lay down, quit running with the crowd. It's time for you to lay your life down. Because you're not going to be able to take it up if you keep running it till it doesn't have any strength. I need you to lay down. I need you to pause. Jesus lowered himself before sinful man. Now check it. The man in paralyzed, he had to be lowered before Jesus. Jesus lowered himself before lesser things and lesser people. I, I thought this was so cool. Unlike the sick man needing to be healed, he was the healer being lowered to save the sick. Same process. Not only am I going to lower myself, I'm going to, he's going to remove my glory so I can come into this earth. And then I'm going to lower myself even deeper than the earth I'm lowered to. So when I do come out, I'm going to bring that was put under the ground, out of the ground. And that is already on the ground. I'm going to bless them with gifts so that they can walk on the ground with power and not wait to die. Jesus is not just our ticket right? He is our teacher. Let me say it this way. Your salvation isn't just for you to have a ticket to heaven. It's to teach you how to live heavenly on earth, right? He ain't just a ticket. He's a teacher. It didn't say great t- great ticket. <laughs> what must I do to be saved? It was a great teacher. He was a healer. There is power when we are lowered with an attitude of thanksgiving and praise. So I thought, I'm going to test this power out. Monday, I'm not going to work. I'm taking a mental health day. Tuesday, I'm not going to work. Wednesday, I'm not going to work. Thursday, I'm working from home, which is basically not going to work. (laughs) And strike two against this event, I'm about to tell you, we did together as a family. Middle of the day. Guess we did movies Mm -hmm. 
Horrible. Horrible, Teresa. <laughs> Went to go see the real world, or Jurassic World. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm needing to grow. I'm praying. God, make it rain outside. Make it rain outside so I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Make it rain. Yeah, but it was Monday we were there. And so we're in there, and it's so horrible. We, you know, we're there too early. It's, we thought the movie started at 315, and it started at 345, because the 315 one was the 3D one. And it's just so like, see, it's just too much. And I'm starting to get angry on a day off. And I sat down. I said, no, we're going to be good. We're going to make them. I can do this. I've been given a gift to sit in this dark room with nothing to do and wait for previews while my kids would not shut up through the whole time of the previews. Now, not when the movie started. The movie started, but they talked the entire. I was like, do y'all ever shut up? Oh, my gosh. It's Rita. How long is it? And Rita's just smiling like, it's the movies. And I'm like. And the only thing I could praise God was that I'm dark, it was dark, no one could see my facial expression. That's all I could think of. Because I'm like, I hate this. But I wanted to stretch myself. I wanted to see what it is. So I got, we got the unlimited popcorn. And I ate it. Like it was unlimited. (laughs) We we have to go refill it. We have to go refill it. We we they don't give you canisters, so uh, they we took the hot dog things and opened that up, right? It ain't Miss Elvis popcorn, cause midway through the movie, my body prayed. <laughs> Something started to hurt just right here in my chest. I don't know if it was the oil from the, and the only thing I know I had was that popcorn. The oil of that, I was like, this is bad. And the animals are screaming, and they're hollering, and there's surround sounds, and my stomach is inside making sounds, and I don't know if it's Jurassic Park on the screen or Jurassic Park in me. I'm ground. People looking around like, give it food, give it food. And and I thought, this is all people pay for this? Rita says, you want to know how much we spend? No, I do not. I do not because I will set the place on fire. I do not want to know what we spent. Well, two hours of my life, I couldn't get back. But I got to be with my family. It's two hours of my life. I don't have to get back. I got it, right? And the minute we came outside, it started raining. (laughs) I don't know if I'm ever going to go back. I shared that with you because I lowered myself (laughs) to let God take me higher. Right? Because later on we could talk and we could deal with some things and we could, we could have some fun. I lowered myself. I pray I never have to go back that low again. It's awful. I don't know how y'all enjoy it in the middle of the day. Thank you, God. I've shared there. I probably did it wrong. We'll talk about it in the morning while I'm jogging around here. John chapter uh, 15, verse 12. It says, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? Did Jesus love us by letting us do whatever we wanted to do? 
That's not love. Jesus loved us by, you know, he loved us by giving us all of himself. But he also gave us, he instructed us. And he corrected us. You know, I was asking the kids when we were in the room, like, what did you learn? And, you know, we, you know, you some kids speak up, you some kids that don't speak up. I said, you know, what would your parents do if they saw, uh, you know, you didn't hear a vehicle coming. It's barreling down. You're in the middle of the street. They can't get your attention. A vehicle's coming. What are they going to do? And, yeah, you push them. Right, because they can't hear you. you can't, they can't scream. They can't hear you. And most of them say, they scream at me. I said, well, you can't hear them. They know you can't hear them. They, what would they do? they dive. they push me out of the way. They would not be gentle with you. They would have to get you out of the way. When you go back home and they're on you, they're trying to get you out of the way from a bigger crash. I said, you guys have got to know that when that comes that way, they're pushing you out of the way of something that's trying to destroy you. It ain't time to stand in the street and hug each other and sing Kumbaya. The truck is coming. I need to get you out of the way. And they're going to be on you, and it's going to hurt you. When you land from that push, you're probably going to get skin up, but you won't be dead. Right? And for once, I, I felt like, in the sense of understanding why sometimes we have to just speak direct. Because if not, we'll sit there and, oh, you're so sweet. I'm so sweet. We're so sweet. God loves us. And the truck hits both people. There's less sugar in the world. Sometimes you have to force. The violent take it by force. Got to push your way in. Greater love had no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. If ye do so whatsoever, I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. He didn't hide anything. I want you to be as kingdom as I am. I want you to be as ruler as I am. I do not want you to be servant. I want you to be friend. Because I'll lay down my life for a friend. So Jesus calls us friends, extending our relationship from God and servant to God and relationship, my friend. Uh, uh, Joe is not Melanie's servant. He's her friend. Melanie's not Joe's servant. She is his friend. It's friend. The minute we lose friendship in our relationship, we, relose, we, we will lose Godship in our relationship. Because that's the power of God, is that friendship. Because you won't want to lay down your life. You don't lay down your life for servants. You go, let's get another one. We'll hire someone else. A servant may operate in routine and ritual. Have you seen that? A ritual, that's why Jesus said, don't pray ritual prayers. He says, you think you're heard because you say the same thing over and over again. He says, I don't even hear you. I, I don't even hear the rituals of prayer just because you're saying the same things over and over again. He says, I hear you when you r- yell out to me. But a friend has the value of operating in love. So we show our great love when we lay, lay our rights and wants down so that our friend can benefit from our faith. It is time where we show our faith even when one of us is too weak to show their faith. Our faith together, God will see our faith for one another. 
in areas that you're strong in, which I'm learning now to stop saying I want people to have my motivation. Motivation really is nothing. Because having motivation and never acting on it doesn't mean anything. You know, there are people who have been motivated by working out. They, mo- they were motivated enough to buy the clothes. It's putting them on and going into the gym. Right? So motivation doesn't mean anything to be motivated. It does mean everything to make a decision and decide I'm going to do this right now for God. And I'm going to live up to what he's called me to. Amen? I want you guys to bow your heads. And we're going to pray. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you're in here and you don't know Jesus, raise your hand now so we can get you on the right spot. Awesome, awesome. Father, I thank you for the believers that are in this room and that can hear what you have to say, not what I have to say, and that in this low place, God, wherever it may be, we all hit them, hit those strides, and where we want to come out, and not only just come out this time for ourselves, but whatever is lit and whatever is in captivity, I want to bring it out. I want to live in this place so strong, so valuable toward the will of God that nothing can keep us separated. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God, nor height, nor death, nor things living, nor things dead shall separate me from the love of God. But this I will do. I'm going to live up in this down place. So when I come up out of this down place, I'm going to bring in freedom like never before. I have relatives that are going through things. So Lord, give me strength to clear my mind. Take my mind off of me and put my faith in you. And Lord God, that I may glorify you and begin to snatch the grave and snatch the keys from things that have been going on in my family from generations to generations from the inherited uh, sicknesses and inherited abuses and inherited perverseness. I'm going to come out of this low place right now. Devil, you shouldn't have messed with me now. I just heard the message that I'm going to come out in the same spirit, Romans 6, that lives in Jesus, that raised Jesus from the dead, that lives in me. So I have the ability to come out of this place, this low place, that God works all things out, works together for God's good, that when I come out of here, my children, who I didn't even know were caught up, are going to come out of being caught up. My things that would I even know were caught up are going to come out of trap places and I'm going to lead the captivities, those who have been captive, I'm going to lead them free by how I live in this place that I'm in right now. I'm not waiting to get out. I'm going to live up where I am. And Lord God, you're going to raise me with the standards. Thank you that you have not forgotten about me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you love me as I am. And I'm going to give that and return the same love back to you. I bless you. I honor you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen.